Thank you to everyone who filled out that survey I asked you to take a few weeks back. The turnout was awesome, and for that I am forever grateful. But now I am back to ask you for another favor. If you like this show, please subscribe and rate and review wherever you download podcasts. It only takes a second, and it really does help. So far, surprisingly few of you have taken me up on my offer to have sex with you and or commit a contract murder on your behalf in exchange for these favors you are doing for me. But FYI, my offer still stands, so don't be shy. And don't forget, subscribe to The Tully Show, then rate and review. Subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe, rate, and review. Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before. He's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Coming to you live on tape from the lucky 13th floor of a commercial high-rise in beautiful Beverly Hills adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of the world-famous Hollywood sign, this is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today for this bonus podcast-only episode, back by popular demand, Andrew Groose, and a look at the burning issues of the brand new NBA season. As always, Andrew knows what he's talking about, and I am just happy to be here. The 2017-18 NBA season is both upon us and arguably over. If you're Charles Barkley or Michael Jordan, uh, they would agree. Well, if you're Michael Jordan, you would have said the season was essentially over before the season even started. Right, come Because June. if there's anybody who should be opposed to dynasties, and if there's anybody who would know just how much a dynasty can really ruin the popularity of the league, it would be Michael Jordan. Or a person that has an ability to sign and draft <laughs> certain players that might break up said super teams. Yeah. That would be an owner, a.k.a. Michael Jordan. I love how, and I know... He's not immune from criticism. Obviously, he gets criticized a lot, but he doesn't get criticized nearly enough because I think there is, at the end of the day, we have this broad... It's like the same way that people get less upset when Lawrence Taylor gets busted with prostitutes, no matter what age they are. It's just like Michael Jordan basically deserves to run an NBA franchise into the ground. So I was uh, in Washington while Jordan was playing for the Wizards, and so I had kind of a skewed local version of what Jordan was post-Bulls career. Yes, yeah, so we established that last time. And it was super negative. People thought of Jordan very negative in the D.C. area. Oh, okay, was good. Was that no, the no, same nationally? Oh, hell yeah. We were all really excited, and who could blame us? Nowadays, I think there would have been just enough number crunchers in like that are actually talking heads on TV that there would have been some voices out there going, uh, let's be very, very clear he might look the same. He just, you know, with a couple more pounds and a mustache and a ridiculous uniform on a ridiculous franchise with a ridiculous name. But this is not the same guy. You can expect him to be like the best player on the court from time to time, maybe a borderline all star. But at the time, you forget now so much of our conversation is driven by numbers and saber metrics. At that point in time, that was the tail end of sports reporting that was driven entirely by narrative. And. Right. He's coming back. The greatest of all time is coming back. And I'm sure they threw in, yeah, he's a little slower, he's a little older, but I think we were more excited because we didn't think critically about sports the way we do now. I guess the difference was locally, it was very critical of the moves that he made 
as an executive, less so as as a player. Wait, did he run the Wizards too? He was involved in like like the GM. It's very did he draft Kawa- uh, yeah, Kwame? Kwame yeah. and then like ran Rip Hamilton out of town. Tried to run him out of town for Courtney Alexander. So I just wondered nationally what was the vibe of Jordan because we saw every day Kwame, a ridiculous athlete, but eighteen year old, eighteen years old, Paul Gasol came out that year and was like the third pick. Tyson Chandler came out that year. And so you just kind of, man, it was not a fun time to be a Jordan supporter in the D.C. area. Right. Well, I think it went the way these things usually go, which is. But it's got to be the same in Charlotte now. Because yeah, 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 that yeah. team. Right. Well, what happens is everybody gives him a grace period because he's Michael Jordan. And then the people who have to live with it, they're like closest to the stink. So they're the ones who turn on it. And then it takes a while to trickle out. It actually almost kind of works for Jordan in a roundabout way that his team is so not competitive that they have disappeared in a way that's almost hard. Like, it's hard for NFL teams to disappear like NBA teams really can. If he merely was running a team out there that was like, the sixth seed in the East, but was nowhere near comp. You know, like it, it, you can you can hide in plain sight in the NBA, and I think that's that's uh, protected him to some extent. And that's kind of what Charlotte's going to be this year is potentially a six, seven, eight seed. I mean, it hurts to have Nicholas Batum get injured, but maybe Kid Gilchrist finds his shot this year after just not really doing a ton and getting injured out of Kentucky. But with Kemba Walker there, and you're kind of confident in what he can do as a point guard and. I mean, he's might he might be a top five Eastern Conference point guard now. Yeah, one guy will get you pretty far in the East. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can look across the teams, whether it's Milwaukee, Giannis is going to do great, and he's going to take Milwaukee into playoff contention. And there are a number of other players that can really lift a franchise, specifically in the East, where there's not a whole lot. I mean, I would yeah. think— Yeah, one guy can't do it in the West. Porzingis will have the Knicks sniffing a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. And they got nothing else. They really Hardaway is is their second marquee player. Maybe now are are they are they do we say that they are tanking or rebuilding the Knicks? That's a good question. I think I was listening to a couple different uh, basketball podcasts recently, and they said that one of Phil Jackson's mandates was that he was not going to throw in an upcoming first round pick in any trade. Yeah. And so for them to have their picks going forward, while still not signing a number of veterans and kind of letting the youngsters play, I think that's hopefully tanking in the right direction. Whereas, like, I look on my list of teams that are tanking terribly, like, what is Sacramento doing? Well, my question there is, because I don't keep very close tabs on the Sacramento Kings. Right, nobody does. Right, but what is Vince Carter thinking? What did they tell Vince Carter, or do they have on him, or how much money did they offer him? If this isn't Vince's last year, he obviously knows the the clock is seriously ticking. I thought he'd entered that phase of his career where he was going to be a productive, not a ring chaser, a productive contributor off the bench for like a contender type team. What's he doing? That's that's what he was for Memphis. You might yep. not have put him in the upper echelon of contenders, and he but... was before that. He was doing the same thing with what the Mavs. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. You just wonder, but it's not just Vince Carter. It's Zach Randolph and it's George Hill. Mm-hmm. Like, why why sign those three dudes when you've got Labassier, okay. you've got yeah. De'Aaron Fox, who looks amazing. Well, are those are the three old guys you mentioned all starting? I, I believe so. Not Vince Carter, but I believe the other two are. Right. Okay, but it does seem like you just mentioned, if I'm not mistaken, three guys who would be considered character guys. Is Zach you Randolph? Sh- I mean, that's... I think that's so. The, it, I think he's so. He's changed the... 
I know, I know that's, I know that's a crazy thing to say, but who, who, him and Tony Allen to me are responsible for the identity of grit and grind, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, maybe I, I, it's a little bit of a stretch. Usually when you get the character guys, you get the guys who suck, who are, who, who are the, the character guys so that they can't accidentally win you any games while they're grooming your, your next generation. These are your Jeremy Lins of the world. You know, you go out and get Jed Boosler. Right. I just I don't understand when you can trot out Fox, Buddy Heald, who was the centerpiece of the DeMarcus Cousins trade, if you want to call him that, who looked good last year in stretches, nothing crazy shooting guard-wise, and he's a little old coming out of college after three or four full years. But then you've got Giles, the kid from Duke, uh, and a couple of Kentucky guys. It's just why you're not tanking the correct way. Right. Well, I think the consensus around the league is that there are too many cooks in the kitchen in Sacramento. And what is like it? Vladdy doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, he doesn't know what pick yeah. protections are and all that. Right. Um, I, I think a lot of it is supposed to be that people try to read the tea leaves of the of the owner. And that's always a bad thing if you if anybody's ever been in any corporation where it's driven by let me try to think of what my boss wants me to do and then claim that as my idea. Well, this is also the owner that said, what if we actually played four on five and just left a dude at the three-point line in the offensive end? Could we make enough buckets to play basically a box or a diamond on defense? I understand. Don't knock it till you tried it. And he did it with his 12-year-old uh, girl's basketball team. And how did that work? I think it worked really well. I saw right, like well, a 60 and, Minutes thing on it. Well, just imagine with professional men shooting those threes. Right. And they're not faster, can get up and down the court quicker, nothing mm-hmm. like that. So Yeah. There's a lot of guys in this league who would still have jobs if cherry-picking was an official position. <laughs> That's true. But other teams that are tanking the correct way, mm-hmm. in your mind, now Chicago, if the players are fighting and breaking each other's jaws— because they're not established superstars, they're fiery. Not great. There's those guys. Those guys. They just. They're just really, really serious about competing, and uh, and and uh, they're gonna. They're gonna take each other to task. And if Chicago decides to draft Markinen instead of uh, Monk from Kentucky, I don't know if they're the the draft strategy is the the right way to go. But they didn't sign a ton of old dudes and aren't trotting out like a thirty five win team. They might be only in the teens in wins. Yeah. Well, I think Bulls fans will take it because I think Bulls fans saw what happened. And and let's not forget, <laughs> well, this is not – the Bulls had their life cycle, and they're just going to be one of those teams that in, in the same way that – they're not exactly the same as the Ewing Knicks in regard to Jordan, but they were just never going to get through LeBron. But it doesn't change the fact that they that, that's a memorable team that you could be proud of. That was a good run that they had. Something that I feel uh, this is this is more about the the T Wolves um, because this is about uh, Jimmy Butler, but Thibodeau was a great coach and his three best players are all destroyed before they sh- before they should be. He used their prime up and and they are shells of themselves. I mean, does Luol Dang still have a job? I think he's still is on he the Lakers Laker? right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's on the Lakers. And Noah is in. I mean, congratulations to Noah for is he in the second year of a four year deal? And Derek Rose. And I'm not saying Thibodeau is responsible for Derek Rose or for everything that happened to all of those guys, but to think we plug him into the T Wolves and and he fixes the defensive issues of young players and gets them to play the right way and they're championship contenders. Would you? Does anybody talking about the possibility that he just destroys another generation of stars? There is some concern that the miles he puts on the legs of his players yeah. and just his demeanor right. the defensive intensity great but it also 
to do that 82 games a year right. and then get to the playoffs with now we've cut down the preseason and the NBA has season he, has started. Has but, he explicitly said, I have learned my lesson and I will not be screaming at guys to give me 110% in the fourth quarter of a 25-point game? Because if I would really want to hear that from him if I were a fan of the T-Wolves, and maybe he said it, but I haven't heard it. I haven't heard it either. Now Jimmy Butler wanted to go True. play for Thibodeau again. And so did Taj. As compared to stick with Fred Hoiberg, who, former player, should be kind of more in tune with the what the players of today need and want. But I really like what the Timberwolves could look like. Yeah, this season yeah. I don't see why. No, they I do can't. too. I do too. And I and I let me be clear. I love I love Tibbs, but that's the one concern about him. And it's it's glaring when you look at the three cornerstone guys of that team and, and where they are now um, physically. Now, like I was saying about the Bulls, I think that they have. I think fans are not stupid, and they could not keep that. They never really recovered from Rose not ascending to and remaining at that elite superstar top 10, top five player level. And then they just did their best after that. And every every single move that they made, I think, was at least defensible, if not the right move. And now it's over. And now you start over. And I think the fans understand that and would give them a couple of years to do a rebuild the right way. And I think they are at least clearing the cupboard the right way. No Rondo, no Wade. Yeah, Rondo's a good start. Yeah. And so that looks like a successful... Maybe we'll try to emulate what the 76ers did for a couple year, couple years. Not necessarily go as bad, but we're not going to sign a bunch of guys. Whereas, I'm still confused at what Phoenix is doing. I don't know if it's simply being unlucky in the draft. And pre-agency. Right. They, I mean, they haven't been able to sign anybody. But, I mean, to go with Booker and Marquise Chris and Josh Jackson now, like those are a bunch of really good young guys what's going to be the next step for them? Is it signing some kind of, I mean, I don't even know what to, to add to that team. If it's simply like we need a better coach or we need a... Who's your coach? I think it's uh, Watson. Or Watson. Gotcha. Great. But I just... I feel like a college football coach in the 70s. He was a really good point guard. Oh, I'm thinking of Tex Watson. <laughs> he... But it's, Did he invent the triangle? I'm maybe I'm confused. I think, actually, yeah, you might have done the, the triangle. <laughs> the architect of the triangle. Um, but it's just okay, Phoenix. You're going young. Great, I get it. Then on the just a a, a couple cities away, like Dallas, we want to just be semi competitive as long as Dirk's there. But we'll sign Wesley Matthews. We'll trot out. Uh, we'll get Nerlens Noel for a one year deal. But what you're not cracking the top. Well, Six seven of the West, right? But look, this is not a sexy take, but there's only room for four teams at in the top four of the West. All these franchises, almost all of them, are so intelligently run, and I, I think we we all know, but we underestimate how much luck goes into the success of of NBA franchises, particularly in this day and age when so many of them are run so intelligently and you can't just, you know, play chess while the other guys playing checkers all that often. Think about it. Who are the elite teams in the league? The Warriors did not draft Steph, you know, at the top of the draft and then locked him up cheap. Super lucky Draymond contract. Yeah, yeah Draymond um uh e- e- I don't want to say you go down the line, but they've had a good, you know, Livingston's been an incredible contributor. Who knew if he was going to keep Iguodala? Yeah. Like, but at, above all, Curry and Draymond. That's, those are two amazing master strokes of luck. The, um, the Cavaliers 
LeBron James was born in Akron, Ohio, and has some weird fatal attraction to right. going back there. And anything that you you build LeBron, you bring LeBron, and then he attracts talent, and then you become a contender. The Celtics, and we'll talk about them, but what they have been building and were building and will continue to build rested in large part on the fluke of the the Nets trade being incredibly well run, but the fluke of the Nets trade and the fluke of Isaiah being as good as he was. I mean, who are the other? San Antonio. San Antonio are the only guy. They still got Kawhi, but they went out and, you know, they, they went out and got him. They knew they wanted Kawhi. Yep. But you're still talking about Robinson into Duncan into Kawhi to sustain what everybody agrees is the Cadillac franchise in terms of the front office and coach. And they developed Bruce Bowen, wasn't thought of that highly. Avery was a fine, serviceable point guard that the somehow fit into the Spurs yeah. team mindset and was great. But guys like uh, Green and, and even uh, Murray now, they think of really highly, but mm-hmm. guys that weren't top five picks. Right. And they let that one guy walk, uh, Jonathan Simmons. Let Simmons walk and man, uh, I'm yeah. sure they know what they're doing. But there was a period of time there when Kawhi was gone and Lamarcus Aldridge just did not want any part of being the focal point of a team. Which, to an extent, maybe you hadn't been there all year and you never felt comfortable in the system to just have to turn that on. Maybe we're uh, underestimating how challenging that really was. But I saw Jonathan Simmons being the one guy being like, "Well, then fuck it, I'll shoot." And 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 creating buckets. Like I, I really thought I was seeing um, a, a key con- a key Spurs contributor emerging, and I'm surprised he's not there. Are you happy that the Spurs signed Lamarcus to an extension? It seems so. Tell crazy. me about the so. Tell me about the extension. No, so, I'm not. But I guess from from the analysis that I've read and, and heard about it, the idea that he's going to opt into uh, next year's deal and then gets an extension on top of that with I think it's three years with the last year being like a seven million dollar buyout. So really a two year. Two years on top of the extension. So he he had a player option that he was going to. So they really just signed up for one more with their option for a a third. One more on top of that. Sorry. Yeah. So I I, so 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 he will be there for two years guaranteed and and third years the buyout. Right. Right. Gotcha. The the question is, was he going to find low twenties on the free agent market this summer if he opted out, let alone for three years? Right. And so the Spurs it's hard to question anything that they do. Mm-hmm. Kawhi's injured right now. Yes. Gasol looked really old. Tony Parker injured. Manu is 45 years old. We need to talk about Manu Ginobili and what performance-enhancing drugs he's using because I, I follow the Spurs pretty closely. And, like, three years ago, it was we had entered the sad phase of Manu, of, of just Manu just stopped trying to shoot or pass or dribble and just get out there and wave a couple of times and then retire at the end of the season and be fetid, you know, just be an H-E-B ads for the rest of your life. And now he's he's actually improved, I feel like, in each of the last two seasons. He's like a perfect eighth man. Yeah. But, and it's weird. It's he's super got like sketchy. A, like a scissor kick left-handed right. three that's amazing. And uh-huh. I just... I have faith that, and I know it's racist to say that the guys who go back to other countries in the off season are all using drugs, but that's exactly what I'm saying. It's a possibility that he jets back to Argentina, yeah. shoots himself up, and right. comes out to to the Spurs uh, games all roided out. But is when, as long as the Spurs keep winning sixty games, it's kind of hard to question any front office move they make. Yes, but why Lamarcus? Like he didn't want to be there. Now, he said he had a heart-to-heart with Pop over the offseason, and the goal now is to get him quicker and earlier touches in the paint right. than he had last season. The downside There's of that, more to that than they're letting on. The fact that, that, that of course, 
everybody knew what he wanted and, and they had already considered it. And, and Greg Popovich did not say, oh, oh, that's all you wanted? Oh, LaMarcus, we should have talked a year ago. We can just do that. We can seamlessly integrate that. Like, it's, it, that's, that's very naive. The, the opposite end of the spectrum of LaMarcus getting more touches in the paint quicker or earlier in the shot clock is that it's going to force him to run the court more, something that he... Doesn't look very comfortable yeah. doing. Yeah, it looks really painful on his knees to do. Yeah. So it's like, oh, yeah, we'll give you more touches in the paint earlier in the shot clock, but you have to actually get down to the paint. Oh, so this is a spite extension? Well, it seems weird. <laughs> I also heard now he'll You be... said you want to run. Well, have... hey, good news, my friend. You're not running for one year. You're running for three. Yeah, have fun with that. Yeah. But it's also that you can't. he's got to play center against the Warriors because yes. you can't trot out Gasol and Aldridge. No. And so it's... I, I just wonder what the Spurs are doing now. I don't think Everything... those guys. I, I don't, and I, I think I'm gacking this from um, a, uh, a a Zach Lowe podcast. But I don't think a lot of the guys who were super reluctant to slide three to four or four to five a couple of years ago feel quite the same way now. Or at least I would hope they don't, because the league have, has continued evolving in such a way that Lamarcus didn't want to be the five because he didn't want to bang with big bodies. Nobody's got big bodies, and it's all the so the the concern I have in doubting the Spurs is that. In game one of the Western Conference Finals, they were up so much on the Warriors yes. that it's like, okay, well, I got to just put my faith in in Pop and, and RC again, and we'll see what happens this year. Yeah, that's all you can say. The Spurs are, like, undiscussable because until further notice, and frankly, even if they whiffed a couple times, their batting average is still so unbelievably high. And I don't. With, I don't know why they're doing it. And as, as someone who enjoys watching the Spurs, I don't enjoy watching Lamarcus Aldridge as part of the Spurs experience. But I guess you know he's family. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the ball doesn't come out and move as round as much once it gets into Lamarcus's hands on the block, and so therefore the swinging the ball around, finding those cutters, it just doesn't occur with him at the same amount at the same level. But I just and you wonder if Pop is using the new injury rules with Kawhi to get him a lot of rest. By what not playing him, injury rules. There, it's. I don't understand how all this stuff is enforceable. But you, you're not supposed to be sitting players in like nationally televised games yes. and like away games, things like that. And there are more fines and all that stuff coming. Is it nice? Is it is it convenient that Kawhi has a quad tendon injury and is going to be out for a couple games at least, and probably on a minutes restriction? Does that help them out come May and not? Uh, Kind of raise the uh, the the anger of uh, of the the commissioner Adam Silver at the beginning of the season. Yeah, that shit's unenforceable. Like the only thing that you could really do, and this isn't really cool, is say if you're going to sit out a nationally televised game, you need to sit out like at least one other game before or after it. It gets dodgy in a hurry. Yeah, I just don't see how all that stuff is enforceable. It's it's too bad, uh, and it's always funny to hear some of the old guys being like, "Yeah, we." We played every single game. It's a little bit of a different game now with all the running and oh, and let all that them stuff, have it. But they like it, and yeah, but they were also like the guys who made the league, and they were the superstars of their day, and they were playing for like six hundred thousand dollars. Right, them, let them have that. So, with my concern with the Spurs and Kawhi's injury, that was one of the kind of predictions that I I feel dumb making, and I don't exactly have an answer. But I wanted to say that the Spurs would drop out of the top four seeds in the West. Yeah, I don't think that's a crazy thing to to predict for a couple of reasons. You know, one being, but who's number? I, the question is who's yeah. number four? Because I think you can get you get your, the you Spurs got, at four easy. But yeah, who 
jumps up and knocks them to fifth or sixth. So what we got the Rockets, the uh, this the Warriors, and who's the uh, the Thunder? I would put oh, the of course, Thunder. Of course, yeah. of course, of course. Yeah. So even if yeah, Kawhi's, I mean, well, I don't know I, the the Trailblazers like who who fucking it's not impossible. Even if Kawhi's healthy, yeah. I could still see the Spurs as the four seed with him unhealthy and with Tony injured. Yeah, can they drop below? And is it? When's the last time they were lower than a two seed? I think this is a dumb prediction. It's been a while. Yeah. I, they, I mean, is... they at least won 60 in back-to-back years. Well, there's and... so many assumptions that you're building into this. You know, you're assuming that the Thunder gel. You're assuming that the Rockets gel. And that's just to get the Spurs down to four. I think there's, their chances are, if the Spurs if the Spurs didn't change at all, or even got a little bit worse, I think the odds would be that they would stick there at number two. Just because, because. I just wanted to go off on. I they've got to drop off eventually. Yeah. Now every pundit analyst has been wrong for decades now that they're going to fall apart mm-hmm. and they keep winning. But I was going to go out on a limb and say, yeah, they'll be a five seed. It's weird because they win regular season games, but they also they do two things that seem like they would be really contrary to one another. Usually, when you rest guys and let non-essential rotation guys play essential minutes so that they get the crunch time experience you are conceding playoff spots and yet for years and years and years not only have they been the number two or number one seed they've done so the wrong way they've also i think they've dropped at least to three in a couple years to try to like match up with memphis or do things like that so they're just on another level in terms of the gamesmanship and getting ready for the playoffs. And also, seems. if you're assuming that Kawhi is essentially perfectly healthy, we're kind of really just entering peak Kawhi now. Right. So that's a that's a big difference maker. It's scary. And it's just, I, I'm just blown away. I go back to, to the playoffs last year before uh, Zaza stuck his foot under him. Yeah. What an incredible game that was. And what... Uh, what carryover that can have or what can you apply from that game to let's see if if the Spurs stay fully healthy this year do they have a chance to unseat the Warriors I think it's really tough but then it's just like yeah they were up 25 I know they were they were killing them they were killing them well look a lot of teams I'm sure get on the court with the Warriors already mentally beaten that's not going to be the Spurs I think because they've had success against them and also because Popovich is going to have some kind of wrinkle. They're going to feel like, you know, it's like imagine going into like a medieval battle, knowing you're outnumbered, but also knowing that in the past we have won battles when we were outnumbered because our general always comes up with some crazy trick. You start to feel like you don't, it doesn't matter to you at all that you're an underdog. And I think the Spurs have that going for them as well, to the extent that psychological edges really mean anything. Yeah, it seems to be the case. Other individual like uh, player predictions that I had, I had. Lonzo Ball leading the league in turnovers. Yeah, that seems fair. So Harden and Westbrook were the top two last year. It's right, but they're going to be. They're both, well, Harden's not going to be the guy because he's going to be much less ball dominant. Right. You you'd think less less time because Chris the Paul ball will yell at him. Yeah. yeah, and get very angry on the court. And How stop long does it take till Chris Paul starts mean mugging him? I don't know if if they can. It's. I hate watching the Rockets. I really. I, I like I, it. I, I, I really. Actually, I've actually grown to like it. It was so much more enjoyable watching the Warriors on offense to start the season than the Rockets on offense. Now, Eric Gordon was really impressive, had a couple amazing dunks. You're like, I haven't seen that since he was back in New Orleans many, many years ago. Ryan Anderson fumbled a couple passes away, but not bad. 
Capella rolling to the rim, entertaining. But That's what he does. I, when the ball gets to Harden, it's just like, I know you're a maestro with the basketball and you'll just put it between your legs or whatever, but it's just not not exciting. It they, drives me nuts. They, they, they average like 130 points a game. I don't understand what he needs to do for you. My issue with James Harden— I also don't like Chris Paul. No, who does? I so, mean, you, you, you like I, I Harden grew in me a lot. I, I've been through a lot of phases of Harden. First, I loved the the kid Harden on the Thunder, and then I rooted for him to do well when he got his own team. And then he evolved into the fucking stir it up beard guy, and I really turned on him. But I, I, I really was so impressed with his decision making and, um, uh, not just the process, but the results of when he when he shot, it was the right time to shoot, and he knocked down the sh- the shot when it was. The time to pass. He made the right read, got it to the right guy, and that's why they scored like however many points they scored. My issue, and I do think it's going to be tough for them to integrate. Um, I think I think we said this last time. I think both the guys really want it to work and are on the same page. So that's half of the battle. My biggest issue with James Harden is that his when he talks in post game interviews, his mouth and his beard put together remind me of vaginas from 1970s porn. And I'm like, am I the only person who has thought of this or they're just a bunch of memes that I haven't seen? Because once you think of it, you can't unthink it. And it's like, you would think that that vaginas uh, would 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 benefit from a little bit of mystery, but they were actually much more vulgar when there was pubic hair, like untamed wild pubic hair all over the place. And once you see that, it's like um, when they have the uh, the mouths that talk on the Conan O'Brien show, yep. I yep. just see a 1970s porn vagina talking, like kind of shining the, uh, the interviewer refusing to make eye contact. Any question you ask the 70s vagina, it just says, you know, we're just trying to put together a lot of effort and we really believe in each other and... And that is my and and th- yeah, it's a hard way to top off any win. Yeah, I'd like to thank you for ruining uh, all the memories I have of James Harden post game speeches. Now, I'm did you ever think of that? About, no, not until just now. Really? And now it's going to be stuck in my mind as you forever, just said. Yeah. forever. It's so, be... it's so vulgar. They should not show his face on TV talking. Can't yeah, can't be comfortable. I wouldn't think so. Be sweat. Yeah, it's just got to be. Yeah, I bet he gross. hates it. Him and him and uh, Anthony Davis probably text about fuck. <laughs> Man, I had that dream again. I was shaving. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, other player predictions. So Lonzo Ball, I was not I, not huge. I saw him a couple times in person last year at, at UCLA, and it just looked like the passes he was making in college, while incredible, there's a whole nother level of athleticism in the NBA that you can't make, you can't rely on jump passes all the time. And it seemed like he would get into the lane at UCLA jump players would either dive towards him or just look at him and he'd find Alfred on the wing or one of the other guys on the wing and and shooters are a dump off I just don't see that happening and just I know his shooting percentage isn't bad but just that shot kills me it's such an awful looking shot yeah yeah, it, it, it's. I actually kind of give his dad credit for letting him, when it, obviously he was being molded to be a brand, it took a lot of bravery to, to stick with that. Um, uh, I think you, you might well be right about the turnovers because I think he's going to play a lot of minutes and winning games doesn't matter to them. And who really knows who makes what calls or is in what camp in um, coaching staffs, but Steve Kerr with the Warriors has always been a strong proponent of, I'll take the sloppy turnover let that be our achilles heel because i believe that the exciting plays are like the the the, the nitro that kind of sparks our, our changes engine. the momentum yeah. and 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 assuming luke walton has taken some of that with him 
I, there's every reason to think that he's just going to be a turnover machine. You just wonder with some of the other players on that team. I mean, they signed Andrew Bogut. Don't know why. Like, that's another guy. Like, why are you giving him minutes unless he doesn't play a lot and is just a culture changer? But since you got rid of D'Angelo Russell, I, I don't think there were as many character concerns on that team. So it's just, I, I don't understand the Bogut signing. Well, I don't think it's always just about character concerns. I don't know. I'd be curious to see because this is pretty much our excuse for every past his prime veteran who's been signed by a non-competitive team. We just assume that it's for character culture right. building. And I, I don't know, maybe there's maybe, but I, I think there's a little bit more than that. I think that it might just be as simple as here's the way I prepare for, here's the way I pace myself. I mean, well, Andrew Bogut does not pace himself for an 82 game <laughs> season. We all know that. Yeah. Let me, sh- let me tell you guys, you can actually just play like 30 and they still give you all the money. He, it's just so, and with with Bogut, not a crazy athlete. Julius Randle, not a crazy leaper, anything like that. So, part of what Lonzo Ball's appeal is is that we'll get out and run. He can throw a full court pass, pass alley oop, and just hit it perfectly every single time. Not a ton of guys on that team that look to be able to complete that. So, I just wonder, and I'm concerned about how his passing ability and athleticism translate and so I had him leading the league in turnovers there's also not a top flight uh, point guard that should be taking a ton of his minutes and hopefully Luke Walden lets him play I'm sure he will next up I had uh, does Joel Embiid average a double double okay let's talk about Embiid so what are the details do we know the details of the contract there are apparently injury escalation clauses. So like the more minutes or games he plays, the more money gets guaranteed. What is the do we know what the basement is? I haven't seen those details. Let's seen, just say theoretically he continues on his current pace of playing about 7 basketball games per year. What do they have to give him? So I've seen 150 million. Yeah. Which is for what he's done or for what he can do perfectly in line. Like he deserves the max if he can average. He averaged 20 and 8 in 31 games last year. Supposedly, and he's not happy about it, he's going to be on a minutes restriction this year, which is Philadelphia th- a threat in the East? Like, probably not. No. Fultz looks like he can't shoot. His yes. free throw shooting uh, motion is god awful. There's something wrong with his shoulder. It's super, super, super awkward right now. Did they ever ultimately, with the process, draft somebody who wasn't a misfit toy? Like, did they ever just draft a guy who is just a fucking stud who's healthy? I mean, Saric, he was overseas, though. Overseas, yeah. 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 So, Which is as good as being injured to me. <laughs> right. Oh, I can't tell what you, I can't <laughs> tell what you are. Uh, it so really is, though. Was Embiid hurt before the draft? I don't know. I think he was just a stud all year at Kansas. Yeah. Oh. So... Embiid, Simmons. Simmons supposed to look great, can't shoot worth a lick, yeah. but just an amazing passer. Coaches that played him in the preseason said his vision is legendary already, which is great. Play off him 10 feet, let him shoot 25 times a game, see if that frustrates the rest of the team. Faults, shoulder injury. So are you relying on Embiid? Can he get 25 and 12 in 65 games? Do you still sit him every back-to-back? Do you not run him out there for more than 30 minutes? Guys, I don't want to be the wet blanket on this because I understand the what-if, um, the, the, the the positive side of the what-if 
conversation is so enticing with Joel Embiid, but I, I feel bad for the Sixers because after all of that, they had to max him out, and I do believe you if you were a if your life depended on it, how would you not bet that he's the next Greg Oden? What would you possibly be basing that on? You go not as big, more mobile, though with the foot and knee injuries, that seems to be like a give and take. Like, yeah, you can move around a little bit, but has that compromised his bones, ligaments, what tendons? And is, so- the, is there a precedent for somebody who's had the early injury history that he's had who just turned the corner and was a, a basically healthy NBA player for 15 years? I mean, are you looking – Does and it's got to be a big man because, like, yes. Steph – Tons of ankle turns, right. twists, sprains, whatever, has turned the corner on that and mm-hmm. is able to play big men. I don't, I don't know. I mean, once again, you go to like Bogut had a ton of injuries as a as a youngster. Yeah, but look and look, he turned that around. Still doesn't play a ton. Uh, no, I mean that's a good good question. Is is there somebody his size that has turned it around? I don't think so. And so you just have this humongous donut hole and it's not as if you have like they okay here's another question so i guess the answer is sarge have they drafted one guy who still looks like a sure thing well that's the problem like simmons simmons is probably the closest thing thing. to it yeah Yeah. if if you just in this day and age if all you need to do is learn how to actually shoot a basketball i'm pretty sure you can be a really good basketball player that's i don't know when that happened exactly but yeah okay so so he's a sure thing right and the the question is, what what should Philadelphia fans expect out of the 76ers this year? When do you turn the corner or flip the switch and become a legitimate contender? Granted, these guys are young, but this is like Embiid's fourth year in the pros. Well, except for the part where it's kind of his first. Right. He's guess, still, did he qualify for Rookie of the Year last year? He did. I think he did. He did, but they gave it to Brogdon yeah, well, of course in they Milwaukee. Did. Yeah, yeah. He played, what did he play, 30 games? 30, On a minutes restriction? Games, yeah. 31. 20 and 8, though. And looked great. Nobody's arguing that. It's. I just think he could The evidence average. suggests his body cannot withstand the rigors right. of playing in the National Basketball Association. And do you continue to treat him with bubble wrap because you've got this extension? Well, or do you be like, actually, yeah, we are a potential five seed in the east i don't think you can can, yeah no 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 you can't let the money easy for me to say you can't let the money affect the way that you think and you can't overreact to the past the bottom it doesn't matter what happened to him two years ago what matters is whatever the most recent injury is who can keep him straight if the doctors say he's clear you bring him back in a minute's restriction and if he doesn't get hurt you give him a little more and a little more and you just hope because you have to hope you're obviously betting that by the end of this year he's healthy and that he remains a basically healthy nba player for the duration of the contract which is just an awful bet awful bet but something that but a necessary bet right something just that like the, the, the thunder uh extending russ not as bad but and but at least sorry, in, let me be clear extending russ was a smarter thing than extending Embiid. russ was like 225 something like i don't know what the crazy, money was but super super max i've sort of had this conversation with you off air before but like i wonder how many guys in the nba really are pure no-brainer max that guy max guys well, that's the thing. Does like is Wiggins a max guy? Because he he has signed a max extension, right? 
No, no. The point being, you know for a fact you are going to get anything. You know, injuries can happen to anybody, but. If you were a smart betting man, is this guy going to be an elite performer that can be at least the second best guy on a, an NBA championship team? Blake Griffin, are you giving him? No, him hell no, the of course not. Jesus Christ, DeAndre. Oh my God, no. <laughs> okay. See, this uh, is why I can't be an NBA GM is because I'd only give the max. To, to, I'm not. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like, dude, let's start at the top. Let's say LeBron James wants to sign a five-year max contract at the ages that'll start at the age of 32. I do that every single time. But do I feel great about that? Well, I feel pretty good about that one. But still, but still, you're talking about a guy who is past his prime. Steph? Durant? He had Durant? Couple, well, okay, so okay. He, he might be the big guy that had no, he was some never, foot uh, he, okay, knee injuries. I don't think, I just. He's I, not as heavy. I feel as like when, when the guys get these cumulative, like something's always wrong with them, I just feel like they're they're brittle. I don't know if that's a scientifically, medically sound way of looking at things. But, I mean, Russ is a real weird one because he, he's fucked up everything that he needs to be fast and explosive over and over yeah, again. It's just bone on bone. And it just makes just... no difference at all. But that's why you feel weird about that extension if you if you max out. You know, Steph, you're like, well, shit, the guy, it, the, things have gone wrong with Steph. And is there like one guy in the league that you just go, yes, give him a maximum? Like, Paul George, he bounced back entirely from that. Yeah, it took him a, a year and a half to kind of get everything back. Yeah, but you get my point. There's there's not a lot of, of, of sure things. Are you giving it to Kyrie or John Wall? John Wall can't shoot. Kyrie, there are questions about his defense. Right. Well, and, and and let me also be clear that it's you, you don't always get to do what you want to do. Sometimes, you, do I max those guys out? Yes, I do. But it's just that night when I go to bed, do I just go fuck? Yeah. Oh my god, I've I, I'm living the dream as an NBA GM. I have a no doubt cornerstone with no injury history, and it's very easy to imagine this guy holding a championship trophy over over his head as like the as a Finals MVP. You got to do it with Kyrie. You got to do it with Wall. Do you really feel like, or 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 do you go to bed fearing that you've locked yourself into uh, the eighth best team in the league right. ceiling land? Uh, other predictions that I had: uh, the Homer in me says Bradley Beal top five in scoring, so he's got to get into the Westbrook, Harden, Isaiah Thomas, Anthony Davis, Demar Derozan top. Well, I five. like his chances of getting in the Isaiah Thomas top five. Count him out. Mm -hmm. Slide Brad Beal in there. Yeah. He was in the low 20s. Probably got to hit 27, 28 to get in the top five. Sure, sure. I feel like there's a lot of guys who can make a, a really big leap. Carl uh, Anthony Towns finishes top five in the MVP voting. He was not top 11 last year. Um, aren't we all talking about his defense now? Defense outside shooting. But defense comes with Tibbs' second year. We more, hope. it's like we assume. Uh, does the team make a leap with Butler there? Another year of Towns and Wiggins. Um, does a five seed Minnesota team catapult Towns into the top echelon? Maybe. And another thing he has going for him is the the teams that are ahead of him, the Spurs notwithstanding, in the West at least are uh, – no, I don't believe he's going to be top five in MVP now that I'm really thinking it through. But, but, you, but, but part wait, of let me that just, is with, like with Harden, all the, yeah, Paul. With all the cluster teams, right. yes. Yeah. But you still have Kawhi. You still have LeBron. Right. You still have Durant. 
for even, some, yeah, or even Steph, though, whether yeah. or not whether or not that should be the case. It's just a question of how does Chris Paul impact Harden or vice versa? Right. How does Paul George mellow impact Westbrook? Why Carl Anthony Towns more than Giannis? I just don't. I think the supporting cast in Minnesota is better. I still have a lot of questions about like Jabari Parker and Brogdon and Middleton and those guys in Milwaukee being able to make that leap. It seems like it would be sort of unprecedented that you would have um, a guy like a Jimmy Butler who is the the has been the centerpiece of competitive teams, has been an all star, yeah. gets traded, and we just are assuming it's Carl Anthony Towns's team and that's the way it's going to be perceived when when Jimmy Butler is actually currently in his physical prime. Right. I guess I've never looked at Jimmy Butler as option one. I understand. Give him the ball on the wing and he'll create. Yes. It was like he'll work off of Wade or Rondo or whoever and he'll put up his twenty two, seven and five. But I think what Towns can do, and and if he's in matchups with Anthony Davis or Boogie or other guys in the West, I think what he's going to to be able to do and set himself apart, top five still leaves you Westbrook, Harden, Durant, Giannis, and then Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. If Kawhi's injured and doesn't play a ton this year or whatever, I just think there's an opportunity for him to slide in there. Yeah, okay. Opportunity. And then the last thing was, is there a Clay Thompson trade that takes place this year? Okay. Let me say something stupid. Why not? Okay. I tell you, because here's, so here's the Warriors conundrum as I understand it. Oh, wait, no, I know the, okay. I was just thinking this last night, watching them play the, uh, we're taping this on Wednesday, so they played the Rockets last night. If you can only have... Durant, uh, three of Durant, Clay, Draymond, and Steph. Why do I feel like Steph ought to be the odd man out? He can't play defense. When you get into the finals, there's always that issue of you can, you know, LeBron can just run pick and rolls on him all day. Look, I'm taking nothing away from Steph Curry, but we've, I, dude, I don't know how many times I've watched games where they're like, "Oh, Steph, uh, uncharacteristically cold tonight." Like he's a little. He, I understand what a dynamic guy he is, but Kevin Durant's pretty fucking dynamic in his in his own right. Clay's a two way player that it seems like the more rope you give him, he actually, I'll, I'll mix metaphors, is like the goldfish that when you put him in a bigger tank gets yeah bigger. Some of his defense last night was incredible on Harden. Is that crazy? And I know that they just mega super ultra maxed Curry, but does he have a no trade clause? I think if he could not be traded at least until December fifteenth, as a result of the oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect them because as I understand, they have another year or two before they have to make any decisions. But these are hard decisions, and you're not going to trade Draymond. Clay has always seemed like the obvious guy, but he plays defense. He does. So is there a And he's and he's less of an injury risk than Steph. Do you figure that in too? Kemba Walker, salary filler, and two unprotected picks from Charlotte to send Steph home. And you add Kemba to that team. And you can continue to to reload. Right. And I mean the the guy Is this stupid? Drive. Am I being really stupid right now? I don't It it would be super difficult to break that team up. Yes, agree. During the season. Now I think in the off season 
whatever. You well, they're gonna that. they're gonna sow the seeds. You know, they sowed the seeds preparing the public for Durant to the Warriors for a year. So whatever happens, they're gonna. It, this is I, I I don't think they're gonna do it under the cover of night. I don't think you could trade Steph Curry, which is so funny that I'm even saying that <laughs> sentence. I just. It's not the not the worst idea, and they keep reloading the the guy that they got from Baylor, Jordan Bell, looked amazing, and he does basically everything Draymond does. Not quite at the level, but man, put him under Draymond's wing for a year or two, then are you paying Draymond max money? It's just it just seems like that team, by all accounts, Durant loves being in the the Bay Area for all of his tech and out angel investor type stuff. His mom likes it there. Yeah. And so did she what, move there? I think she did. So she's also got the the uh, home in in uh, Maryland still. So she's good, but that team can keep reloading. Yeah. You keep like three of those four dudes, right? You're golden, right? I just wonder if there's got to be. I don't think you're trading Durant. No, I don't think you're trading Draymond. No. Look, if, if it, you're not trading stuff, I know like, you're, you're not. not. You're just not. I know the haul that you get for Clay would be phenomenal massive yeah you just wonder what team could use him now i could go back to like homer washington wizards yeah trade otto gortat and a couple first round picks and give me clay with bradley beal and john wall love it absolutely love it but yeah but we just went from a deal where i get kimball walker and two unprotected first round picks for otto porter with all due respect and gortat you guys can't trade. You guys can't trade Gortat because he's the guy on the Wizards who actually looks like a wizard. He's <laughs> critical to the franchise's identity. I will cut a mohawk into Ian Mahini's head if that will get us rid of it's Gortat. It's pronounced Jan. Jan, whatever. Yeah, Ian Jan. It'd be great if you could get on the court, but that's another question. Um, I just wonder what what the Warriors need to do. They're on a great run. Nothing's going to stop them. But you also can't have a. Four hundred million dollar payroll. No, you can't. No, I think, and, and I think that you almost don't even really want one because you, you know you got to be greedy. And when you have this unbelievable dynasty, but kind of like you know, Bill Simmons is always banging on about Len Bias. Who knows what Len Bias would have been? But if you can maintain a dynasty while also building a bridge to the next dynasty, like that's 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 what you that's what you do as. Wouldn't call myself a Warriors fan, but as somebody who's enjoyed watching their rise and is not yet sick of watching them win championships, as somebody who wants to see good things for them, I want them to trade one of those four if that's the way it's got to be for financial reasons and if it will allow them to potentially reload. I'm okay with that. And then lastly, we should mention the Gordon Hayward injury as that was absolutely horrific yeah. in the game. Can I give you a hot take? Yeah. Um Celtics better off? Is that the hot? That's kind the of. hottest take you can take. Kind of. Kind of. I'm not, I'm not going Ewing theory on him, but only assuming he makes a full and complete recovery, if we all knew that the Celtics are not a complete team as is, have moves to make, are waiting for the LeBron Cavs to fizzle out, maybe, even, maybe LeBron to move out of the East entirely, and... If they're trying to compete for championships with a combination of proven championship level veterans and some incredibly young guys to take Hayward out of the way for a year, take the pressure of winning off for a year and tell your rookie and your second year guy, you guys are going to have way bigger roles and you're going to be like, I know they have other stars left, but like shooting at crunch time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just know it's going to shrink back down when Hayward comes back. I think 
that could end up being good for them. Don't be surprised if you read articles 18 months from now saying that Hayward's back and he's the guy that they thought he was and that was very, very good for Jalen Brown and whoever the other guy is. Jason Tatum, the question is, does Marcus Smart being in a contract year and now the likely fifth starter, at least until uh, one of the Morris twins comes back and they have to figure out if they're running. They don't have both of them. They got one of them. They got Marcus. They did, yeah. They don't have Keefe. So they they ran out Horford, Tatum, Brown, Hayward, and Kyrie yesterday. You would assume that they'd plug in Marcus Smart for – uh, Gordon going forward. So you're worried about Marcus Smart trying to get his? Marcus Smart trying to get his, yeah. That would be the concern. I'm not I'm not, I'm not super worried about that. He's just so low in that that pecking order. I just I why would why would everybody in that franchise who's actually going to be there in 3 years who really truly matters who are all bigger cogs in the machine than him allow that to happen? Fair enough. Especially when you can no longer compete to great, take your crack at at, at Cleveland. Go for it. They're still a, a they, they might be the four seed now. Right. I don't think they're dropping markedly lower than that. No. I just wonder. You still have, you still got, essentially, correct me if I'm wrong, Kyrie Irving for Isaiah, who knows who he's going to be when he shows up, and Crowder. And you throw in Avery Bradley as a result of that trade taking place okay. as well. Okay, right, right, so right. So Crowder, right. Isaiah... And uh, Bradley for Kyrie. Knowing that Isaiah is not Isaiah. And you don't have that bastard Kelly Olenek on the team anymore. Well, that's good. So, they're deep, but it's also a lot of youngsters. Like, you hope Rozier looks good because he's going to get in the high teens, low 20s in minutes. Right, but I feel like Brad Stevens has distinguished himself so far in the NBA as a guy who develops and maximizes young talent, and that's why I'm saying the silver lining for this might be there's a pressure-free year to develop all of that talent. It, it's like a timeout from your it, from your your build. Right, but the excuse is then the following year you have to figure out how to integrate Hayward back into the mix, right? Yeah, this is that. This, I, and that's always like the the other side of the coin. Yeah, I'm not nearly smart enough to contemplate that. It'll be interesting to see. I still have really high expectations. They played really well against Cleveland. Uh, I would like to say Derrick Rose not that terrible. So my uh, uh, thought of buying buying low on Derrick Rose, I'm still sticking with. How did Jeff Green look? Uh, I didn't see a ton of his minutes. It's amazing. Jeff Green, I it's just it's so perfect that the, the 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 this is the last thing I want to talk about. I was thinking this last night watching the season opener. The Cavs around LeBron now remind me of the very tail end of um the uh the uh when the Yankees were trying to hold on to their dynasty glory and just every guy who'd been a guy five years ago was now a guy on their team and it's like you just so is LeBron Jeter. I guess so. Or is it like Mariano? I guess so. I mean, it's a tortured metaphor, but it's just all of these one-year name guys who just mark my words, they will they will break your heart if you attach yourself to them. And having Jeff Green off the bench is just such the icing on the cake. I did forget about J.R. Smith, and J.R. Smith is one of those guys, you know, you talk about irrational confidence guys. I have irrational terror of J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith is the worst player I have ever seen who could single-handedly swing a championship Series. See, I have that fear of Corver because he'll come yeah, in and yeah. he'll drop twelve in a minute and a half and just be like, 
cover that guy. That's that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess the Cavs are Jeff Green notwithstanding a little bit deeper than I thought. I don't know what role Tristan Thompson really plays in all this, but you still have Tristan Thompson. Excellent contract. Well done, GM LeBron. And we just don't even talk about Kevin Love at this point. No, I don't. No, I, I tend to forget he's even there when I'm watching him play. Which, I mean, I've seen people write that uh, Boogie or Anthony Davis is a potential target for them during the season. Nobody wants Kevin Love. You send Kevin Love, the Nets pick, and a bunch of other filler. Oh, okay, maybe they want Kevin Love. for Yeah, for Boogie. Oh, nobody wants Boogie. It's a great deal. That's a perfect deal. Sign, sign me up. Yeah. Although I want Boogie in D.C., so I don't want to see uh, Cleveland get any better. I hope you get that. I still have hope. Hope. Eastern Conference Finals. 